Screen West Screen with Paul and Kevin, where if films were food, they'd be full of it. Welcome back to a, what would you call it, a centennial episode of East Screen, West Screen. This is episode 100 for Wednesday, February 29th, 2012. It is Leap Day. It is that one day of that magical day that appears every four years. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, Paul Fox, and joining me from someplace here in the Fragrant Harbor is Mr. Kevin Ma. Woohoo! What's up, Paul? How Hello, you doing, everybody. Kevin? Good, man. I'm excited. I'm, you're you're I'm 100. Pumped. How do you feel? Yes. Um, I feel like, uh, like, uh, I can't believe I'm still alive. Yeah. You're going to be drawing on some, some welfare or some social security soon. Yeah. I think I'm going to retire to a beach in the, the Bahamas and do the show from there and <laughs> we would tell a difference. Uh, that sounds good. Maybe in another lifetime. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we are here to do our sort of our, our 100th episode. 100, I mean, it's not really a big deal. Yeah, for a lot of things, but in podcasting, if you do a weekly show, 100 is kind of a a little bit of a milestone if, you're, if your show's made it that far and sort, sort of hasn't uh, pod faded out, as it were. So we're a little bit excited here. I'm equally excited, though, to have with me two of the really big influences. We've had both of these gentlemen on the show before, but both of them and the work that they continue to do has been a big influence on me and just kept me excited about cinema, particularly Hong Kong cinema, um, and that's kind of hard to do in, in, you know, the years that I've been here seeing what's happened to the cinema, but the work that they've done has kind of kept me motivated and influenced my own work greatly. And of course, I'm speaking about both Kenneth Brorson from uh, pod, the podcast on Fire Network and, and too many different uh, podcast, uh, what would you call them, subdivisions of, of that network uh, that he's out there producing, as well as other websites like, uh, you know, the Sleazy K segments that he does. And also Mr. Ross Chen, of course, of lovehkfilm.com, um, who's also been on the show a few times. Let me say welcome to you both, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hello. Dang. Thank you very much. Happy 100, guys. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, you. you know, Kevin, I mean, you've been a, 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 you know, a brother for this whole journey that we've been on. Um, you know, do you have any, any thoughts about having done a hundred episodes? Does it feel like we've done that many? No, I mean, from week to week, it's just kind of like this habit, you know, Tuesday, you know, it's time to record with Paul. It, it just becomes this habit of mine. We had, we've been around for two years now, two and a half yeah. years yeah. now. Yeah. It, it's, it's gone so fast in terms of, you know, I, I, now I realize we've been around longer than heroes. It's great. <laughs> um, that's a sign I feel of like greatness. we've. Yes, I feel like it's a victory of mine. We've had, we've done more episodes than Arrested Development. I mean, oh. You know, that, oh, that's a different category, <laughs> though. <laughs> yes, um, and you know it, it's exciting to have done one hundred. I hope that is only the first one hundred uh, among many hundreds. Um, mm. If people don't get sick of us, uh, and yeah, I mean it's great. The best part about the internet is uh, if people are sick of you, they'll just go away. Yeah, and then you go away as a result. They'll right? never tell you. 
Sort of. Wow, just like the Gizmodo intern. Sorry. It, it, <laughs> that's the old Oscar Wilde quote, right? Where it's um, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about or something. Um, so as long as long as they're saying bad stuff about you, at least they're still saying stuff about you. It's when they completely... George Lucas actually uh, believed that too. <laughs> and, and apparently no one talked about YP movies, so I should have... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's sad. You'll, you, you'll get more freelance work, Kevin, I'm sure. I have, I have. Um, and, you know, the problem, the problem with YP movies, I think, though, is their, their URL, their URL was way too long, right? It's mm-hmm. like they, they didn't just have like a simple um, entrance point into that site. From yeah, I, I, they, it, I mean, I'm not going to talk about, I, I can't complain about the site. I mean, they kept me employed partially uh, for, for two years, and uh, I'm thankful. But um, yeah, I really did wish that it was, you know, more accessible. Yeah. That is true, but it's okay. That's that's here, like you said. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, I let me. I'd like to pick the brains of our hosts who are here with us a little bit. Uh, Ken, let me start with you. I mean, you've been busy. You've got shows. You're you, you're well beyond a uh, hundred episodes for your podcast now. Your podcast on Fire Network, and you've got other things going on. I mean, is there anything new with you? Is there anything that? Uh, fans of cinema or fans of Hong Kong cinema in particular should be on the lookout for? Well, certainly if they follow all that I do, which are in some other people's eyes might seem like uh, something one human can't can't do. It seems like it's uh, over top the, the, the things that I produce along with my co-hosts and all my writing, but it's all natural to me. But what, what I was getting at, the last time I was on here about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I, I've changed my focus quite a bit, starting with my writing, and that has then bled into the podcast because I, I'm I'm certainly not against the Sleazy K thing because it's certainly true, but my mix then was almost solely doing the category-free stuff, you know, writing about the best and worst and all the new stuff that's coming out. But now that has not petered out, but it's uh, it's part of a shared focus because I've discovered... Another thing that gives me kicks as a writer, as a podcaster, and it's mainly you know, Taiwanese cinema of the late 70s and 80s, the, the kind of cinema that is uh, for, forgotten almost entirely. There's not even a Wikipedia entry talking about the uh, these gritty crime movies, exploitation movies that came out of Taiwan at that time. There's even that uh, documentary uh, that came out a few years ago called Taiwan Black Movies that focuses on this and um it's sadly i'm very much unreleased i think uh, due to rights issues for instance there's never been a hong kong release on home video and all of that so taiwan has been this uh, discovery for me and that is now shared with uh with still focusing on, on the category free stuff with hong kong horror of the early 80s late 70s as well and uh, and Oh, and ninjas, of course. <laughs> because nin- ninjas is very much a part of my re- research and being now. All those Richard Harrison and Ninja Cut and Paste movies that uses Taiwan movies. So it, it bleeds into that as well. And it, it's such great fun now having doing that as a writer, doing those as video reviews, and starting to let that trickle into the podcast because there's room for it. Uh, because we have so many shows, there will be a, a show dedicated to Taiwan cinema, and there will be a show in the future dedicated to 
these uh, ninja cut and paste movies and the business practices of IFD and uh, talk of talk of uh, the legendary leading men at IFD such as Richard Harrison. So it's uh, it, the, the the focus has changed and that has meant that I've not even watched movies like Sex and Sin 3D because I, it's not uh, it, it's not yet here. It's not yet uh, I'm not yet motivated mm. because I'm having so much fun doing other stuff uh, such as Ninja Terminator and Majestic Thunderbolt and Calamity of Snakes and uh, Escape from Brothel. There you go. You have a mixture right there. <laughs> so it's all, it, it's all good fun. I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, pleased and blessed, I think, uh, to, to be working with uh, stuff, albeit for free, but still stuff that gives me kicks and that, uh, that, that I'm having fun with, uh, including on the podcast. Well, how did you, I mean, how do you get it? get access to some of these titles it sounds like you know a lot of them i don't recall seeing in in stores here i mean are you going through forums to do trades or um do they have specialty shops where you're at uh no not really it's been a mixture of ebay uh, looking for you know you know for instance for the ifd stuff for the ninja movies some of the best stuff came out on Greek or Japanese VHS, all dubbed in English, of course. And even uh, widescreen sources for these movies uh, popped up in those territories. Then there's, of course, the internet uh, through means, as I always say. I won't specify mm. how I get them <laughs> over the internet. But uh, on on home video in Hong Kong, I mean, there, there's... You know, there's some stuff out there for the Taiwanese stuff. For, for instance, Ocean Shores had a lot of the, this stuff mm. in their catalog, yeah, but that's not obviously on. You know, it's very sparse to showings on DVD. It was mostly VCD and Laserdisc back in the day, and um, so it, it's uh, it's that and um, just having good contacts and um, and a desire to find these movies and 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 you do and uh, Japan and, and Greece has definitely been a, a a treasure trove for for um for some of these movies so so what would you i mean what would be your recommendation to people who would want to maybe gain gain an entry point into um some of this stuff where would you point them i mean aside from the work that you're now doing um, are there resources beyond eBay that they might look to to get some of the more readily available stuff? Uh, I, I don't think readily available is a, a term you can use with this stuff because you, you, you just have to keep an eye out on eBay, yeah, but, but also the various uh, torrent forums and what have you because th these are movies that are definitely in there. Uh, uh, it's live business, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's, a, it's very much underground uh, stuff, this, because it's not being re-released. It's definitely not slated for Blu-ray, and it's also in rights limbo by now, uh, mm -hmm. most of this stuff, including IFD stuff, to an extent, though. I think, you know, obviously IFD are still active, but I've heard that they don't have access to certain of their movies, and definitely not their prints. So it's not like you can go to IFD and request a widescreen print of this and this. They only have you know, beta transfers, I guess, of uh, of uh, cropped sources, and there and they have it. So I, I've been lucky to get a lot of this stuff, but it's not like it's super, super easy. There, You, you can't log on to, to, to Yes Asia and find these ID movies or some of these old Hong Kong horror movies, because, for instance, the Ocean Shores catalog is definitely not being printed. I guess you just have to go to shops in Hong Kong, for instance, and just 
plow through the VCD section. And, and if you find these like lime green uh, VCD cases, you've probably encounter, encountered an Ocean Shores VCD because yeah. for some reason, <laughs> Ocean Shores releases came in lime green. Yeah, the DVDs too, and they're a lot more sparse than they were 10 years ago. I mean, time was you could probably go into a, a mom and pop video shop and, you know, see half a dozen of them dispersed. throughout the throughout the shelves not so much anymore i mean a lot of the shops have closed down and there are a couple shops that i could probably think of in places like shum shui po where you might find used stuff from a street Mm -hmm. vendor you might be lucky to to have come across stuff but you'd really have to want to take the time to manually sort through bins of just random stuff Um, but occasionally you can find you know some some really old stuff i've picked up a couple laser discs before that way of, mm. of stuff that's never seen release. And I, I don't even have a laser disc player right now. It's just, you know, I, I saw it and it was in hand and I was like, I, I got to get this. Um, but it's unfortunate yeah, I mean, when... yeah, that there's this stuff out there that's just not, uh, it, it's in that limbo mode and people aren't able to access it. Mm. Yeah. When you're, when it comes to Asian cinema, you're not in it for the easy access. I remember there's, uh, there are multiple versions of things that you don't know about different cuts. Uh, um, like different things that are, that are not kept well, well kept in archives and things like that. It's Asian cinema is a very hard thing to track down and anything older than 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan. Yeah. The preservation yeah. is there. Korea and, and Japan do a good job of keeping track of theirs. And Japan, especially Japan's got everything like, you know, stored in like a plastic bag or something, but, but not uh, Hong Kong. It's like they destroy the prints after they watch them. Uh, all the best resources are, are just like basements of old theaters in, in the States and Canada. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing to find anything. So well, We are kind of lucky in that we have the film archive, but uh, do they even have a film archive in Taiwan, I wonder? Uh, they should have something. They have something There's with definitely something. Yeah. On it. There's been a well, few, um, uh, during the last few years, there's been a few good ta- uh, Taiwan DVD releases of mainly old school uh, swordplay movies that definitely are cleaned up prints and uh, mainly though from certain uh, production companies originally, originally, like first films in Taiwan, I think some of the catalog has made it onto DVD remastered and it looks pretty damn good. Doubt they sold anything mm. though, because it's yeah, old and specialized not- cinema. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of defunct companies, especially in Taiwan, that you don't know where those prints would go after they go down. You know, you don't know who's bought them and who holds the rights, and maybe some private collectors have them. I mean, I heard that Tai Seng in America just sold off a huge catalog, or they were going to throw away their catalog, and then someone saved them or something like that. Wow. I heard something like that. I'm no, sure. it's an asset. Tai Seng would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's money to be paid. Tai Seng will not, will not throw it away. <laughs> They, they could squeeze blood from a stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tai Seng. Yeah. Memories of, of films that were once TVB, TVB dramas, right? Yeah. And, I mean, think about it. Even the, the Hong Kong stuff made in the 90s, um, there's a bunch, you know, so to American companies, different American companies, and... Um, the, the, you don't know where the prints are anymore. You don't know who has the rights. Suddenly, like now, Fortune Star has like a whole China Star catalog they're releasing on Blu-ray without, without without cleaning them up. There's too many movies and too little resources, too little money in it. So actually, it's very hard to get you know decent prints of anything that's older than ten years old. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why I definitely settled for because I've never had a problem with watching VCD sources if if subtitled and and fairly clear. So, so I mean, I'm, I've never been. Uh, 
sort of a pickier with my choices. I mean, some of my favorite movies that I reviewed for the site during the last six months or so with this new focus has been VCD sourced and uh, and uh, and most viewers and I wouldn't blame them would stay away from them because number one it's VCD and number two it's specialized cinema regardless you know it's not like we have hidden Jackie Chan gems that people need to seek out on Ocean Shores VCD only it's it's still specialized genre cinema we're talking here mm. for on my behalf and how has the reaction been from your audience I mean are you does there seem to be a, a general interest that's growing in these things? I mean, would you foresee maybe doing a, trying to arrange some kind of a mini festival there in Europe at some point? Uh, no, n- n- nothing akin to that. I mean, the response still from, you know, from our friends in the podcast community and the website community, you know, the response is good. I mean, I think people, even though they might not be interested at all times in the, in, for instance, my movie choices, I think they still pick up on the fact that uh, there's someone with a drive and passion behind these type of reviews and, uh, and, and they can respect that even if they don't have an interest or uh, yeah, yeah, interest at all in, in the reviews. I think the response is great. I'm not particularly uh, picky about that either to to thrive on feedback because again I'm using the word frequently but it's specialized cinema specialized taste mm. I mean I, I've even uh, I've even you know gone way off you know for, for a few years I reviewed every Johnny Toe movie that came out every Herman Yao movie that has sort of been abandoned not out of disinterest but it it couldn't fit really neatly beside my focus mm. uh, so, so it's a choice rather than uh, a dislike of the current cinema. Do you think that it's in part because of um, any, anything to do with the decline in Hong Kong cinema at all in, in terms of quality or quantity that has pushed you in this direction or just is it that you're looking for something fresh? No, no I don't think. I, I, I've never had much of an opinion because I, I, I'm not that, um, you know, I, I, I can't say I'm a good resource to turn to about speaking about current Hong Kong cinema and whatever decline it possibly is. I mean, that's why I turn to you. That's why you're such a great podcast. You, you, your focus is that, amongst other things. I just, after a while, realized that these three, four different subjects, let's say, that I focus on are what makes me the most happy. And so it, it's, it's one, it's slow, an idea slowly forming over time. And one day, it finally, you know, forms, that circle forms. So it's always been there, but I've never realized that I wanted to make it my prime focus. Mm. Uh, so that's why I'm re-reviewing a lot of stuff that I made just quick reviews of. So the likes of Escape from Brothel and these ninja movies and and what have you, these now are sort of upgraded from mini reviews in the huge archive containing those into main reviews. So it's it, it's been, a, it's like that now. That might change during the next six months as well. I, I've never been, um, so I, I don't like attaching to one idea and sticking with it because after a while I think that idea might grow stale and your, certainly your sources could certainly just uh, be depleted mm. completely. That sounds a lot like uh, another site I know. <laughs> but anyway, Ross, <laughs> <laughs> but... Ross weren't, you, weren't you actually thinking about doing something like that? I mean, because you, your early reviews of stuff were pretty much mini reviews compared to what you have right now. Were you thinking about we we going back to these old movies and and you know expanding on them like Kenwood? Um, well, you, well, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of stuck with the new stuff right now. It's just the way it goes because it, it it's just what motivates me to watch them. Um, because it's all you know, about motivation, not uh, not must and demand. Uh, all about motivation. In a sense, you could say that I, I'm not really that motivated to watch the older films anymore, mm-hmm. because um, because you know you live in Hong Kong and you kind of are keeping up with what people talk about and what they don't talk about and uh, what's happening in the industry, and that is all the new stuff, good and bad. Um, so you know, and then it forms it forms with the people you talk to, uh, my friends, uh, the people we see movies with, of course. Uh, of course, Paul and Kevin, uh, Tim, Tim Youngs. Um, yeah, well, you know, that, that's 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 kind of it just it forms why you do it after a while. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if I, if I ever had tons of time, I would love to go back to see tons of old movies. I have so many sitting around that I have never even touched. But, you know, we 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 end up finding that niche for ourselves and we stick with it uh, for yeah. better. Or worse. You know, I think uh, I think uh, Kevin just uh I'm sorry, Kenneth, uh, he explains it pretty well. And actually, I really respect what Kenneth does. I think that's great. Um, if I could go back to those Hong Kong movies, the old ones that, you know, I have all of them just lying around, even the worst ones that, you know, I just haven't touched, but I know they stink. Um, <laughs> I, I would love so to certain, do that. Uh, there's a certain joy in that as well. If you're that kind of movie fan that you can stick with a stinker and not to be mad about uh, it wasting your past 90 minutes or yeah. that kind of thing, you know? It's, it, it, that, that, that there's, a certain, there's a certain joy in that, I admit. Um, because you don't do it for for like hits, so you don't do it for people to be excited about. You just do it for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And that's a little different from the way things run on the internet now. I mean, the the way that uh, I for, for the website now, I don't think I review new movies because for hits or anything. It's just after a while you stick with a, a pattern. You know, I figure that what the site is for is to review current Hong Kong cinema, current Hong Kong and Chinese cinema, and look at it from the perspective of. Uh, of uh you know of, from an informed perspective not just you know that outside looking in thing that maybe i used to do when i was very young because back then i didn't understand it and i can't say i fully understand it now but i understand it a lot better than i used to and i think that comes into play it's not always about just trying to share things with people it just or trying to tell them things or, or trying to play to an audience it's just about you know figuring out what you're trying to cover that's it and uh, sticking with it so, but yes, Hong Kong cinema has depleted itself somewhat. So, it, you know, I don't have, and, and also, you know, I can't really pick and choose to find new gems from new Hong Kong cinema because you're kind of stuck with what they give you. I think mm-hmm. Paul and Kevin can understand this. <laughs> you know, not like, not like we're unearthing gems when we go see, uh, uh, I love Wing Chun. No, we walk in going, oh, God, it's going to be bad. And, and we're right. You know, and I don't think any jury would convict us. Um, so, so it's like this now, so certainly never been about. You know that you made a um, an ad- an agenda or sort of mission statement beforehand. You know your your site and and certainly your podcast guys has has allowed you know allowed development that isn't betraying what was what what you once did what to, what you once started to do. So it, it's allowed it allows to be formed uh, and, and formed your way rather than according to uh, to the demand of the public out there. I think there's a definitely a a process of evolution that goes on when you do something like this on a regular basis. I mean, I I constantly rib Ross because I'll go back and, you know, I'll dig out an old movie, you know, some, you know, like a Chinese ghost story or, or something and, and watch it again. I, I, for movies I really like, I don't mind watching them five or six times or, or, or more. And then I'll like to go back and read stuff that other people have written about it. And, and I'll go back and look at some of Ross's um, older reviews. And like Kevin was saying, they were, at one time really short, you know, like they'd be a paragraph or so. And over time he's developed into 
you know, a, a lot more of a, um, I don't want to say complex, but but a lot more detail. Uh, you know, the, the, the connections he makes to other films and, and um, the, the points that he brings up about the filmmakers. And so you see sort of the experience over time if you go back and read some of the, the stuff he was doing in the early days. And I can appreciate that. And at the same time, when I look at the stuff I do, I mean, I'd hate to go back and look at like some of the writing I was doing before I came to Hong Kong because I'd probably want, just want to put it in the trash can and delete it. Um, but some of my stuff sucks. Don't worry about it. It's all on the site. <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't even read what I wrote last week. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, like I was, I, I was going back through um, and doing some updates to the the show site. I, I want to go back and do a listing of all the episodes and and kind of what we've covered on the episode so people who go back and look in the archives they'll they'll know they won't have to like sort through everything i just want like a master list that they can look at and i was going back and looking at the way we approached doing things and we've changed so much in just two years i mean it's it's almost like a different show in some ways but i guess that's just part of the creative process you know you you find new and interesting ways that appeal to you to talk or to opine about things. And, you know, what develops is, is what develops and people will like it or not. Um, I don't know. What, what, what do you, what, what do you think? think about that, Kevin? I mean, what do you think has changed? Actually, I feel, I feel like we stuck. I like this pattern that we've had. I mean, we always had a good rundown, a very um, not tight, but at least uh, organized schedule. And um, that's what we've always stuck with. And I think I kind of improved over time, but I still have the same problems. I still stuttered. I still can't do a proper plot summary. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I still think uh, I, I don't think we actually changed that much. I'm sure there's improvements, but I guess because we're doing this from week to week, it's hard. And I don't like to go back and listen to the shows because I don't like the sound of my own voice. So I, I wonder if it's easier for other people to see the changes that through time because I haven't. It's hard for me to see it at least from my from my perspective. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, K- Kenneth, what do you think about your your experience as a podcaster and the, and the stuff that you've done? Have have you changed your approach at all? Oh hell yes, definitely. I mean, first of all, it's it's been I, I I've gone from obviously being guest to sort of co creator and uh, and co header of the network. Obviously, uh, Stuart right now is in a phase in his life where he's, uh, he's going to get married soon and needs time to focus on that and his sort of charity endeavors. He works at a charity-driven cinema and works a full-time job. So he, he's finding it hard to mix in podcasting within, within all of that, which is fine, which is great. I mean, dopey podcast lost on that list and uh, ch- working working in a charity-driven cinema in a small town and d- making that work for about two years now. I mean, that's that that's high up on your priorities. So, mm. so so obviously I've changed a lot in terms of my participation and uh, and uh, decisions on the network. But even if I wasn't doing that, if I'm just looking at the way we've structured we've structured shows, and I mean I I think it's taken around about 100 episodes to nail down a an open format. Yeah, because I think it was very loosey goosey before and. It feels like we didn't know what we were doing. I think we did all right. But compared to episode 30, whatever, and now we're up to 112, 13, 14, the focus is definitely greater, I think, uh, but not great in the sense that these are better episodes quality-wise. I think there's just a, uh, it's just a better 
focus and uh, and also the the podcast network podcast on fire network has has developed into this kind of overview of Asian cinema and still continues to be an overview of Asian cinema since we have Japan themed shows, Korean themed shows, category three themed shows, and now we're diving into these, you know, ninja exploitation areas and uh, Taiwan exploitation areas. So it's and and that overview I don't mind because I am passionate about it myself. But some of the shows allows me to to experience stuff for the first time, especially the Japan themed shows and the Korean themed show. So I mean it. If we, if, if an agenda was ever created and sort of a manifesto was ever, you know, written, so to say, it happened somewhere around, I don't know, 50, 60 episodes in, we kind of realized that we, we have something now and we can expand the, into different shows as well. And all of a sudden, boom, four or five shows and, and uh, at the, uh, currently the six and uh, it just keeps on going. Ideas keep, keep on coming to me. And I think uh, it's ideas that are doable and ideas I'd like to hear about because, uh, I do edit the show, so I've had to overcome the fear of uh, and discomfort of listening to my own voice. Even though I, I can agree, you know that uh, you know I'm the, I'm the less sexy voice on the network. Let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, it, um, the it's very much in development still. Uh, it's not that we've reached a final, you know, a point where we, we finally found our, our niche and our focus, uh, but it's. Uh, it's uh, it's been a it's been a journey of uh, discovering and not half bad shows along the way. I mean, look, looking back at your first shows, what was the format li- essentially? What we're getting today, an East screen movie and a West screen movie, or well, I think it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't as rigidly defined, I guess. I mean, we weren't really covering news; we were just covering whatever we saw the week before, and mm. we we tried doing. Um, I think we each tried doing a video as well. Uh, we each we? would have, have a video review for a while, and then those went away, and then we did Blu-ray specials for a while, and then those then went away, and then we integrated those into uh, the, some of the later shows. And So the, the, the format's kind of come and gone, but I think just basically we've always had that main focus on what did we watch last week, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I think with that, it's hard to find... New places, and you know, considering our length every week, it's you know, we were beginning with the like hundred minute shows and like hundred and ten minutes, and I think the time go goes by, we we've kind of worked a little more efficiently, uh, managed to you know work to a manageable length. I think I think we're still like an hour over an hour long these days. We run but, between um, between an hour and an hour and a half typically. Yeah, and yeah. I think with that consistent length, um, I think that people start to get used to it because I remember some of the comments we got in the beginning is that it is too long. Um, and that's because we were not used to, I guess we're not well, used to um, this, the, the, the speed or the pace that we talked at. But I think now we've kind of find a groove. We found a groove in the last year or so. And yeah. um, of course the stream is the biggest new thing uh, that we've done. Um, and that kind of brought on a new, new level of interaction during the recording of the show, which is, I think it's a great idea. I think that's one of the, really a great 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 idea to integrate into the show and i i would like to see more of that actually more interaction during the recording and and kind of go well, even closer you to you know what that means it means you got to open up your video <laughs> you got to let people see you lounging around in, wearing... in your dragon robe right yeah that means i can start wearing clothes <laughs> at home what the hell <laughs> 
you know, during the summer, that's hell. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the stream, we do have uh, one person in the chat room, Mr. Matthew Seidel, who stops by from time to time. Let me just say a quick hey, hi to him. And I've got a, he sent us a comment last time saying that we should make this a Michael Wong Clips show. And while I really didn't have enough time to get a lot of Michael Wong clips, I did get a couple. Now, we've got the classic, the Michael Wong scream, so here's that one. Of course, from the same movie. I have my own car! <laughs> and then from one of my favorite Michael Wong films of all time, Women Are From Mars, we have this. And of course, <laughs> you need some advice from Michael Wong. He has this to say: Just stay where you are, okay? Yeah, so, <laughs> that, we don't have you don't have to go for final final option, the Yoda line. No, not that? yet. The, 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 <laughs> the various ayas uh, from "I'm Your Birthday Cake." Yeah, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a lot that I've got to try and and capture. But I've started a whole separate soundboard called Michael Wong, Ooh. and my plan for the post 100 shows is to try and fill up with a new one every episode so i am buying you that final option to read it's you get that yoda line uh yeah it's, 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 it's a keeper <laughs> so if you're out there mr seidel that one uh, th th those sound those five sound bites were specifically for you so enjoy um well going forward what was that kevin it's a gift to humanity yes <laughs> as it should be um, but going forward, let me let me turn to Ross for a moment. Um, what what's going on with Love Hong Kong Film? I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on at the site currently. Um, you know, uh, what what can you tell us is, uh, is is happening over there? You mean you mean besides all the fighting with with readers and and people who complain? Yeah, well, that's that's the day to day <laughs> normal business, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's day -day -day stuff. <laughs> no, no, um, it's uh, well, it's the site's tenth year online, so you know. That is super exciting to me and about 12 other people. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I, I just done a couple small things to celebrate. One is I brought back the blog, which means I blogged like twice all year. But that's amazing because it's, you know, about 3,000 times more than last year. Um, and the site is doing like a couple small things. Actually, it's funny that uh, Kenneth mentioned like mission statements and stuff because I will publish one for the site sometime this year. So people get an idea of what the site is supposed to be doing because sometimes I think people get the wrong idea now. Mm. Um, one thing is great is I have a Google alert. So I, I get like some little comments that I hear online when people mention the site somewhere. And a lot of times it's just links to, to like, you know, torrent sites, but sometimes people are out there like discussing the site and they, you know, they always say things that just, it's like, you know, it's not really what the site is about and are you paying attention? And I really don't want to knock people for their reading skills or, you know, their lack of, or what, uh, for the reading skills or their, uh, their comprehension. I don't know. I think everyone brings something into what they look at. And so what happens is sometimes they take the wrong thing back. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes it's, I may like write up something telling people what to expect from the site, what it's there for, what it's not there for. Um, you know, someone once said that we we're reviewing for the most part, Asian action cinema. And I was like, what? <laughs> not even close, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. It depends on where you think sex and Zen is Asian action cinema. <laughs> yeah, or um, or or like uh, marriage with a fool. That's that's Asian action cinema. <laughs> like, you know, that stuff is just as important as every viral factor that comes down the line. At least to me. So, 
um, I think I hope people understand that. And it's something that, you know, I'd like to mention out there. Well, I mean, um, your site has been pretty consistent in reviewing pretty much everything that's come out in the past. I mean, there have been, I guess, some that you might not have been absolutely current on, but I mean, you release, you review what comes out. So if it's action that's coming out, that's what's on the front page, right? Pretty much, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we used to do a Pan-Asian thing. We still do to some some small extent. And that's just because people had interest in, in reviewing uh, uh, non-Hong Kong films. Um, but that's kind of died because we don't have all the reviewers we used to. And, you know, Kevin has a full-time job. I have a full-time job. And if I'm going to review anything, it's going to be a Hong Kong film. And, you know, even even in, in, like, you know, the sites when we used to, like, publish way more reviews, it was like if I had to throw up a review of, um, of what? Of, uh, of yeah, of, of Honesty, Wong Jing, you know? <laughs> that classic Honesty. Richie Ren and Cecilia Chung, right? Yeah. Or, uh, or Old Boy. Old Boy would be number two. <laughs> because cause I don't care if it's Park Chan-wook. It's a Korean film, and Korean films are not the site's focus. Mm. So, you know, and it's sticking to that is kind of, I don't think it's what most people do on their sites. You know, obviously, old boy is hotter, Korean cinema is hotter, you throw it up. Yeah, you make it. I mean, you'd think that the URL would give it away, right? I mean, it's not love yeah. Pusan cinema or love South Korean cinema. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's also not love Hong Kong action cinema.com. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's part of the expectation. I, I think, you know, a lot of what comes from the West, English speaking, of course, is, uh, is, is, is action oriented, genre oriented. And which is what surprises me about actually some of the feedback I get. It seems like I get a lot of feedback from people who are not genre oriented, mm. who are into well, Hong Kong cinema, its culture. A lot of women readers. I mentioned this to, to Kevin the other day. And it surprises me how many women do respond either through email or even in the blog or something. Uh, I don't know what the ratio is on other sites that are uh, Asian cinema related, but I, I don't believe it's that high. Ross is popular with the chicks. Uh, not, not me. It's just the site. <laughs> Because Eakin's on the, you know, I push Eakin. It's all Eakin. I don't push Donnie. Donnie is not a chick magnet. <laughs> Donnie's Donnie's a guy magnet. Even though they won't admit, it, you know, he's where their man crush goes. We we did a twenty minute uh, sort of a uh, off air chat uh, many moons ago where we looked at. Uh, at uh, different Donnie Yen images, bizarre images that he's uh, posted and post for, and Stu put together a a collage that matched a uh, video that matched all that we were talking about, and it comes off exactly like that. That men that are way into Donnie, I won't admit it fully, you know, full out. <laughs> you know, I, I remember my, I remember looking at so many odd images of Donnie uh, without the shirt on in public. Uh, waiting for a bus, uh, you know, it's just just odd and oddly fascinating as well. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, is Donnie really the unspoken gay icon of Asian cinema? He's the closeted gay icon. He's yes, the yes, he's, man, he's 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 the geek man crush. I don't know. Yes, I mean, seems, if, uh, if, if uh, I was secure. gonna say if I had a geek man crush, I think it'd be Louis Koo. because Louis Koo no, is a actually, geek. Louis Koo, but Louis Koo is actually popular with women. You know, Donnie is yeah. not. He, he's popular with women, but not as popular with men. You know, many there are many, many male fans, even locally, I think, of Donnie. It's a bit frightening. <laughs> <laughs> but not as frightening as as the buttock scene in, uh, in uh, Return of Chen Zen, right? Yeah, but th- that, that was a body double. It wasn't him. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I mean, it's not as frightening as someone's I don't want to know. 
Actually, I don't want to know. <laughs> um, speaking of feedback, Matthew in the chat room said, uh, I'll complain about Love, Love HK film. I've ordered about 10 Shaw movies thanks to the dang 80s poll. So there you go. We have Actually, uh, complaints uh, live on the stream. To, <laughs> to say back to Matthew, I did just get his uh, his top. Uh, this is one of the things the site is doing. I don't know if I should plug it or not. But, yeah, plug it. Uh, plug it. Plug uh, it. Well, we're doing the, the top 100 or top 50 or top 100. I don't know yet if it's going to be 50 or 100. Uh, Hong Kong movies of the 80s poll. Uh, this is kind of something that is fun to do just because it, it takes it away from the whole new focus and makes, look at, makes us look at old films and, and forces me to look at old films. Some, some things that I haven't looked at in, in years just to see what, you know, how they look to me now. I, I don't actually watch them, but, you know, I do reminisce and sit back to see what people are uh, are voting for and uh it's 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 really cool just to get people to write in with their top you know 20 films 10 films and tally them up and see the direction it heads in see what people are, are aiming for of course it's it's very genre oriented it has to be because this is an english language poll you know i'm not going to get everyone voting for uh, yon fan movies it's just <laughs> not going to happen but um but you know but some do show up somewhere so it's 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 really an interesting exercise and matthew uh, you know i just tallied his vote in in fact mm-hmm. i'm kind of doing it as we're out doing this podcast hope you don't mind me multitasking not at all <laughs> but um yeah i just i just i just tallied his vote in and uh we're up over 110 people who voted for this which is pretty good in my opinion does uh, it does it look like we're going to get a list of 50 or 100 at this point can you tell there's an unwritten rule that I, I never put in my in my uh, in the rules I threw out there, and, and one of the rules is what determines it is not actually the number of people who respond; it's the number of films that uh, get voted on with enough votes to get them past um, the, the 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 maximum that one person can give to a movie. Mm. If, if that makes sense, let me put it this way: if a person gives all twenty all, all ten of their points, like their number one film, to uh, like uh, the Flying Mr. B. Okay. <laughs> but the top 100 films has to get to films that had seven or eight points mm. <laughs> and technically one person could have put flying mr b into the top 100 and actually i i, I kind of am against that so i think it needs to at least have two people mm. so to me, the cutoff has to be more than 10 points i see so so, so how does that number the 110 number how does that compare to the earlier posts that you did 90s and more than the aughts well, first to ask, answer Paul's question, actually. Oh. Uh, we're, we're like, the last time I checked, we were at like 97 <laughs> movies mm. in the top 100. So assuming that people in the next round of, uh, the, the, the last round of, uh, of votes that I'm tallying up, vote for films down below that and push them past the 10 barrier, past, you know, anything, you know, there, then hopefully we'll get 100. But right now we're like at 97. So it, it's really kind of like, but the problem is people all vote for the same movies yeah you know like mm. you know a chinese ghost story i won't lie and say that's way up there <laughs> okay or or winners and sinners or something or um i'm sure nobody even... voted for a better tomorrow yeah nobody yeah, yeah. N- no one voted for that one it's you know it's surprisingly <laughs> unpopular um, <laughs> well the, the interesting thing i found out when when i was going through the list and i was telling kevin about this a little bit last week was you know, there's so much because I basically went through. I got I got the catalog from the film archive, and I went through and I looked at you know all the movies that came out in the '80s and and starting from 1980. And there's so much that I haven't seen, um, and there's so much that's there that, I mean, I guess I could find a lot of it at the film film archive, but it's just not available too. 
I mean, there are films I've never even heard of and never even seen on the shelves. Well, there are great films that I haven't seen. And if you've seen them, you're very lucky. Like uh, one that was voted for by, I'll, I'll just say Kevin voted for, Father and Son, <laughs> Alan Fong. Um, uh-huh. Nobody voted for this because uh, no one has seen it. Yeah. Because it's really not available. Kevin saw it in like a, a class. Yeah, I saw it in my New Wave class, yeah. Yeah, I saw know. actually, yeah, just like weather, uh, Ah Ying, I saw all three of those in a class. Yeah, and you know, of those three, maybe only Ah Ying is getting any real votes, which is great, you know. But you know, I was lucky to see that last year and uh, at the film archive, just like weather, I think it's playing sometime. But um, yeah, these things are hard to see. So it's not like, you know, like my God, uh, Flaming Brothers. <laughs> you can easily see Flaming Brothers. And everyone has the <laughs> impetus to see that it's got giant fat. So. But I, I don't think I don't I'm not sure if that's in the top 100. I, I haven't really checked, but uh, but, you know, it's, it's just it's just the way it's going to lean. And Hong Kong cinema is very built. Its foreign uh, interest is really built on action cinema. So it's OK. It's going to be very genre oriented. I hope people understand that. Um, speaking of the original uh, two polls we did, the top uh, uh, top movies of the aughts and the top uh, movies of the 90s. Actually, um, the, the one that got the best response was the very first one, the top of the aughts. Uh, so it's like that one. Yeah, you had like 170 people voted, and they all voted for Infernal Affairs. It's true, but um, <laughs> but like even the Charlene fans were like, yeah, Infernal yes, Affairs. Yes, even they, they uh, even even the Charlene yeah. uh, ballot, uh, the, the 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 people who stuffed the ballots. I can the, honestly <laughs> say my top film was, um, uh, my wife is 18. I mean, my wife is <laughs> number 37 out of 50. My God, you know that should be happening. Okay, I'm serious. It should not happen. I'm sorry, but it did. You know, it it beat the eye for God's sakes. Mm. Um, and I know the the, the pangs suck now, but come on, the eye was great. Um, but that one actually, even though you had 170 or 80 people participating in the poll, the problem was there's so few films to, to pick from because they weren't making as many films anymore in that decade. Yeah. So what happens then is, you know, in the end, there were only maybe 130 or 40 films mentioned. And actually, but point spread wise, I probably could have brought it up to like 70 or 80. I didn't have to cut off at 50. I was very, you know, lazy or something. But for the 90s, we only got like 130. But the point spread was so wide. They, they, they voted for so many different films that it ended up that I could do that. And um, I, yeah, the, the top 90s films, you, I could do 100 and, you know, they didn't have to be one person voted for one film and made it his top film. And suddenly it could make it in the top 100. Mm. So, yeah. And actually, um, I, so I had that, mentioned, I mentioned that the problem with doing an 80s poll when, when, when Ross brought it up was that there are so many movies that aren't uh, good movies that aren't accessible. So then actually it'd be kind of hard to get a list. That's why I, I had I took so much time so long to, to get a list together because I had no idea if I remember these movies or not. Yeah. You know, the one thing that's going to burn me when this list comes out in the end, it's going to start happening probably in a couple of weeks. It's going to burn me is I know someone somewhere will say, oh, what the hell, all these films, so many action films at the top. They should call themselves Love Genre Hong Kong Film. Like that. Yeah. Actually, that happened for the first polls we did, and it was like, "Come on!" I never pretended these things are representative. It's not like I'm polling film critics only, and even then, film critics are just glorified fans. Let's face it, okay? Let's not lie about that. They—they they are, you know. I mean, the original film geeks were all academics. Yeah. You know, now they're just people who know how to use the internet. But, <laughs> um, 
but yes, uh, yeah, someone's gonna say, "Oh, this this film, this this, this list is so non-representative. It's got all these like you know, John." It's Lewis. love new wave of film. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're gonna hear that from someone, even someone who saw all those films. All the John <coughs> will complain that, "Oh, it's not good enough." You know, it just shows you how close-minded everyone is. And it's like, this thing is for fun. I did it for fun. It's so people can get involved and we can see what happens when you put 100 to 120 Hong Kong movie fans in one place and they all vote for films they like. You know, it's 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 for a while. It's fun to actually, to actually tally them up because in the beginning, it's like they're all close and then three or four films pull away and then they're really close for a while and eventually two films pull away and then one film pulls away. Mm. Um, that totally happened with the, the Ots one. That one was funny because it was in, a, in the mood for love. Kung Fu Hustle. No, was it Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah. I think it was Kung Fu Hustle. No, it was, it was Infernal Affairs, In the Mood for Love, and... Uh, Shaolin third, Soccer. Shaolin Soccer. Shaolin Soccer, yeah. It was those three. And like, uh, and like you know, in the beginning, they were just like kicking ass. So it was fun to watch. But then eventually, two of them just started fighting for second place. And Infernal <laughs> Affairs just destroyed everyone. In fact, it was by the end of the first week. So at that point, you know, I feel like just telling people, please don't vote for Infernal Affairs. <laughs> you're not going to help hurt its cause anymore. Well, I was kind of mentioning this point to Kevin last week in that as I was trying to compose my list, I was afraid that it was just going to be like all films from uh, 19, 1988, 1989. Because that's when some of the most, you know, that's when Hong Kong cinema really started getting a big international push. And that's, you know, when I first started watching films from, from Hong Kong was in, the, in that year, 1988. See, see, when Hong Kong really became known as this commercial cinema, not action only, was really in that mid-80s at time. You know, when, when certain films made it over and certain people, certain stars came out that people realized, because they weren't all exclusively action stars or kung fu stars. You know, pr previous to that, you know, there are a lot of great Shaw films, and of course you have the Cathay films and whatnot that are non-action, but people don't re never really saw them um, internationally. You know, it was really the action that carried Hong Kong so far up until like the, the early 80s. And it was only, you know, through the New Wave and like the Choi Harks and the John Woo's and the An Hoys and all those people that this other type of Hong Kong cinema came out. And then you have like such great stars like Chai and Fat and Maggie Chung and Leslie Chung really, you know, making the film accessible to people because people would follow them. They wouldn't just follow like directors or, or genres. They would follow these really great uh, movie stars, which Hong Kong lacks now, I may add. Um, so... So for it to, 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 to push towards the late 80s is very, 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 very possible. I, I may do greater statistics later, but even in looking at it, I can see that the early 80s are woefully underrepresented. Shaw Brothers, either I don't have enough Shaw Brothers fans coming in to, to vote on the poll, like you know, not enough Kung Fu cinema people, or, um, or people just really would rather vote for the killer. Mm. Um, I, I can't tell you because you know, I, I'm not doing a, uh, a demographic thing at the same time. <laughs> The um, thing again, it's accessibility. I mean, Father and Son is the first winner of the. It's not like it's a it's a rare film. It's actually, or it's not a was it an unpopular film? It was the first winner of Best Picture in the Hong Kong Film Awards. So it's yeah. not like it's a little known film, but it's just a problem of accessibility. And the older you go, uh, like from the nineties to the eighties, um, the harder, the more concentrated it's going to be because then it depends on availability. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, it did, hopefully um, I will mention these films if they make it to top 100 some of them won't some of those ones that we talked about like Father and Son I'll I'll clearly, I will freely say that my Father and Son will not make it to the top 100 unless there's a sudden like you know 
and actually the people who voted for this are not all like you know action fans or just you know readers you know there, there's been some critics and some professionals and uh you know fest people and so that's kind of cool and they vote for some of the new wave stuff that other people don't but even then a lot of them have not seen father and son mm. so yeah, yeah can we talk it. about who, who has voted so far i mean i heard andy lao send in the list of all his movies no, all, and, and the whole list is his own movies <laughs> <laughs> That's really sad, though, because, you know, his, his 80s movies were not that good. Let's face it. I, uh, all, all 20 films I voted for came from Wong Jing, so that's going to severely skew It's going to severely skew the outcome. <laughs> Actually, I'll be when honest. I first put together my list. Yeah? yeah I said, when I put, first put together my list, I had, like, four Trey Harks, and those are the four Trey Hark movies I saw in the 80s. They were all good enough, and I had to take out, uh, sadly, Shanghai Blues and Peking Opera Blues because I, there were too oh, many man. Trey Harks. Shame on you. Yes, oh, as a, oh, and as a side, guys, is Shanghai Blue showing in the 100 must-see uh, movies uh, program? No. Is it one of the hundreds? Yes. No. It is? I think so. Is it? I thought, no. No? No, I think Peking Upper Blues is one of the hundreds. Oh, but not, man. not Shanghai Blues. Are you sure? I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up the booklet. Shanghai Blues is number 76. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's... So it's gonna stream because I, I saw it, I saw a print last year at the film archive. So I so there is a print out there that's that's fit to to be screened. Yeah. You're listening to the East Screen West Screen podcast. Visit Comcast.com for more. Um, you know, speaking of that, that um, the hundred must see films. Uh, when was that? Was released late last year, was it? Yeah, yeah. This is the fourth month of screenings, I think. Um, you know, they go all the way up to the mission as number one hundred. They don't really get into anything past two thousand. So it cut off at two thousand on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That's why Infernal Ferris is not there. But it, it, yeah. was that right for them to do? I don't know if I really agree with that. They, they had an excuse well, you know. about how, how time gives them space to evaluate certain films. And because films of the last decade, is not they're not old enough for them to get a perspective or something like that. For me, I think it's just they're too lazy. Hmm. <laughs> or, or they want yeah, to... How can you say that? But <laughs> don't you realize that we need that time? Because without that time, one of those films could have been My Wife is 18. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. What are you talking about? Yeah, Charlene was robbed. She was robbed, I tell you. That's something Charlene I'm never makes crap. But, but, <laughs> you know, I after you know, this 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 thing is I wasn't gonna do an eighties film poll, a reader reader vote. It wasn't gonna happen because it does take a lot of time and eventually it takes my focus away from from writing reviews, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, you know, I wasn't going to do it, but, you know, someone asked about it. And this is the site's 100th year and I'm sorry, 10th year. My God, <laughs> it feels like 100. <laughs> and um, and like uh, and I knew I wanted to do a poll for a reader vote for greatest Hong Kong movies ever. And just have people just go nuts. Choose any Hong Kong film you want. You know, and after 1997 can be any China, too. Mm. Um yeah, so, so people can go insane and vote for anything, and we'll just put whatever those are. And I figured at that point it was going to get really crazy, but you know, I wanted to do an 80s eventually just because I wanted to see whatever came out on top to see if, how those films would fare against each other. 
Mm. So, you know, it, it, we'll do something really insane when we do that one. That one, I'm sure, will be really bad because now people can vote for, like, you know, the killer versus SPL. And uh... <laughs> I didn't realize there was a competition there. Well, yeah. you know, SPL is the greatest film ever made in Hong Kong history. As has been said <laughs> on the Internet many times. One of the greatest films in Hong Kong history. And it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, direct magic to win. Yes. <laughs> Hey now, <laughs> don't insult Magic to win. Well, I, I won't. <laughs> um, now, what, what about what about um, this this year's? I mean, we're we're working on the right now. We're working on this year's Love Hate Film oh, Awards. Yeah, right? Love Hate Film Awards. Yes, that is happening too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I am doing a lot of things. I just don't realize it. <laughs> uh, I just picked up freelance today too for the Asian Film Awards. So, uh oh, it's it's not not like last year. <laughs> not like last year's freelance for Asian Film Awards. That was different. I don't know if Kenneth knows. Uh, no, I'm that not on that we one. Called, so. We call it the dark times. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, time. it sounds like a dark uh, history filled with scars, emotional and physical. Well, it, it involved things like, you know, in, you know me like throwing a, a script at, at Zhang Wen. <laughs> and offending <laughs> <laughs> In a hallway. Take that, Zhang Wen! <laughs> um, no, I, I, I wrote the script to the, uh, to the uh, Asian Film Awards last year. And so I was working there like a whole day and then with the people and it's just full of stress and all these last minute changes. And, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty insane. And then you and make Tony, Tony Lung mad or something like that. Tony Lung, Chua, you never speak to me again. <laughs> you realize that. And Karina, she just, Karina Lau, it's, forget it. You know? What, what kind of script did you write? <laughs> it's because, it's because Ross wrote a Grandmaster's joke. And no, totally no, no, no. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know the whole controversy with you know what's his name and, and uh, with the Oscars last year, right? I mean, Ross surpassed him, so. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean Ross. Ross is co-directing the Grandmasters, and Tony just can't take it anymore. And yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. You know, I thought he was used to gay love scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it's. <laughs> No, seriously, yeah, that was bad. No, this year, last year was just difficult, really stressful. You know, award ceremonies are not easy. Well, it was your first time, right? Yeah, but I just feel sorry for people who have to deal with them. It's really not my bag, ultimately. I'm just doing some some extra writing for their their book. That's that's, that's I can handle that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you said the Love HK Film Awards. Yeah, that's coming up. Uh, it's like the fifth year we've we've all done this. You know that? Wow. Yeah. So that's that's I mean, pretty cool. I mean, we are the few. The people who are participating are few of the people who actually saw, you know, eighty percent of what came out last year. And I think that's... we can't prove it, but the belief is yes, the Hong Kong Film Critics Circle or whoever they are, Film Critics Society, doesn't really watch all the Hong Kong movies. Mm-hmm. That that is the belief ultimately. Um, I know, don't believe they saw. I love Wing Chun. No, yeah, I do not believe they don't watch the stuff that goes to the dynasty typically. So. No, I'm sure they've seen a uh, uh, simple life, unlike the rest of us. <laughs> because <laughs> they got those passes but um but yeah uh they they didn't see um yeah i love Wen chun or uh i'll bet you they didn't watch 33d invader even though it was not it was eligible for best song <laughs> <laughs> and what a song it was yes my fire uh, <laughs> did, did, did it eventually that? get uh nom- nominated uh, the song for 33d invader because they announced the nominations yeah no, it didn't get anything. No, it didn't get anything. Sadly. No, not even so. best new artist. 
<laughs> best and new that artist, is though. usually a category. You just have to appear in a movie to receive best new artist sometimes. Nowadays, you know, yes. What, what, what are you new? You're in. Because <laughs> there are very few new artists. It, it's, yes. it's, it's crazy where they get their new artists. And yeah. they can't even put someone from 33D Invader. <laughs> did, Kenneth, did you watch? I mean, I guess knowing what you're interested in, did you, did you watch 33D Invader yet? Not yet. But having said that, uh, that one I'd like to see before Sex and Sam 3D because you know, no, not, that I dis, uh, no, not that I dislike beforehand any of them, but 33D Invader sounds like a proper fun time from that director, Cash Chinmankay, who doesn't get enough props. He's been yeah. doing this for close to 15 years. Has been very, had a good, very good eye for making crazy, brutal, fun, category-free entertainment way back in the 90s and still has got the touch for it, which I admire. Chinman K doesn't get enough props. Uh, no directing nomination, I assume, for <laughs> Chinman K. Uh, I don't think he'll ever <laughs> get one, to be honest, and, and I'm not going to complain. It, <laughs> it might possibly win something for the Love HK Film Awards, though. Right on. Yeah. Oh, I, I, hear the vote, I hear the vote for Chinman K was close for the Love HK, I mean, for the Hong Kong Film Awards. I hear it was close. Yeah, the, um, you know, it, it, in terms of the, the two Category 3 films that were of note last year from Hong Kong. Um, 33D Invader is by far the the more fun. And it's... I'm not a big Category 3 fan, but it was a fun movie, and it was funny, and, you know, Lock Ying is there. Yeah. It's just... It is it is what it is. It's not pretentious, like um, Sex and Zen 3D tried to be. Mm-hmm. Really, um, I thought the cactus was a, was a, was a symbol for global warming. <laughs> and how we... <laughs> uh, and don't and global the- warming is a euphemism for <laughs> taking off your clothes. I mean, <laughs> that's a euphemism. Donald the globe is warming. So oh yeah, the Donald Duck thing. That was, that yeah, was... come on. You know, he was a commentary. <laughs> it's about imperialism of 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 Disney, um, the cultural imperialism that is is committing upon us. Yes, you know, and it's the- a, it's a that. That's- Donald Duck done by Dali. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Ken? I, I, having said that, I mean, you can look back at Cash Chinman K's career, and there's commentary even in Eternal Evil of Asia, because there must be in the scene where Elvis Choi is turned into a dickhead. <laughs> Obviously, there is commentary there. No? Well, yes, men are dickheads. Yeah. It's very <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, clearly, clearly, Elvis Choi was playing Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> You got that one right. Yeah. And you know, even though the That's film it. happened, you know, it was a curse from Thailand. You know, it was another country. <laughs> well, speaking of Category Three cinema, the word on um, Twitter that I came across was that they're going to make a, a a sequel to Sex and Zen 3D. Only it's going to be in 4D. I mean, oh do we do we need yes. 4D? <laughs> Sadly, it is not the liquid 4D that we were hoping for. Apparently, it's just uh, using the. Um, the uh, have we talked about the D box feature here, uh, Paul? You know, uh, the, I don't think so. No. The, the whole uh, moving chair thing. Apparently, um, <laughs> yeah, Steven Sue wants to integrate it. Uh, wanted to make a D box presentation for Second Zen Uh-oh. 4. And <laughs> so uh, apparently, it'd be quite a bit of a uh, moving. <laughs> I hope. Uh, but what that's what he wants during to do. the rape scenes. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no! Don't Lord. don't ask. But that would only be like at what? What one cinema here? I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think they might be installing more. I'm not sure what the reception here is because, um, I mean, if it was really that popular, I bet Golden Harvest would be, would be, you know, working quickly on installing those things. But they've only kept it in one cinema. So I'm not sure how Steven Seagal is going to pull off this 4D idea. But, of course, the movie isn't coming for another two years. Um, until yeah. they're not doing it until they do uh, Iceman Come With and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Bohemia Heroin. So it, it's still a long way to go. So, mm. uh, it, and by then, all those AV actresses will be over 30. <laughs> the God, time to retire, right? <laughs> um, well, I'll, you know, we, we, I don't, don't want to totally procru- preclude talking about um, any West Screen stuff. So the Oscars happened. Do we care? No. <laughs> no. I mean, the artist won. So I don't, I stopped caring because there weren't any oh, surprises. Oh, Prince won. How nice. <laughs> 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 that's an odd nomination but okay that's how much i care I, I had no idea there was a silent movie out there that was french and nominated you know up the ass but, uh, yeah. i saw it actually last night it was it was okay you know there's nothing wrong with the yeah. film but, you know it's yeah, i'm sure it's fine it's just like i'm totally out of the loop i had no idea even a, a bus uh, a bus was going on about the french movie at the academy awards out of all things so now, it's not really a French film. It just has a French guy and it's by a French director, but it has lots of right. regular people, too. <laughs> uh, but none of the regular people won anything, right? It's just the French No, people. only the French ones. No, none of the real people won anything. Just the, just the French ones. Um, I, I don't know if anyone cares. I don't really care. I, I thought that Tree of Life was robbed of best cinematography, but that's just me. Drive! 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the thing is about, about best cinematography, I thought the idea is that you shoot pretty things and you make it look good, and that's cinematography, right? I mean, but, and then Tree of Life is all about shooting pretty things in a really nice manner, and I thought it would have won best cinematography at least, but anyway, that's just me. Sometimes good cinematography is about the statement you make with the camera and the lighting. There was no statement with the camera and the lighting in Tree of Life. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. <laughs> You know, this stuff is really arbitrary anyway, especially when they did, threw that thing out there about, hey, by the way, 97% of the Academy is over 60 and white. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no wonder it's been ending up this way all these years. Like, not yeah. a surprise. But that, that's part yeah, of the thank, problem. Thank you for the confirmation. Like, honestly. Um, I've always... One thing I really used to make jokes about a long time ago was about uh, Spike Lee. Because Spike Lee used to always get, into, you know, get his britches up every single year about how... Uh, about how, hey, you know, I'm not getting recognized by the Academy. What the hell? I'm like, your films are designed to piss them off. <laughs> That's true. What assholes they are. So do you really want their approval? And once you get their approval, doesn't mean you're just their tool or something. Yeah. So, so give it up. Just, you know, never try to win because look who you're trying. You, you want acceptance from. You know, these are the people that your films rail against, for God's sake. Yeah. Not 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 to generalize too much about white people over sixty, but um... <laughs> well, how about yeah? I mean, I, they've been generalized enough in their lifetimes, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, how about where you're at there in uh, in Europe, Ken? I mean, do people care? Do they pay attention to the Oscars at all? Uh, I mean, they're, they're depending on the people, obviously, but it's not like despite Sweden being quite represented at this year's Academy Awards, uh, Max von Sydow been nominated tinker taylor soldier spy was by swedish director uh obviously the girl with the dragon to- tattoo has a swedish connection because it's a remake and all of that but you know it we, we they don't force it down us no mm. 
we we know it's happening when it's happening, but it's not like it's a full week build up to to the Academy Awards. And and personally, I I, I don't really care because I don't get any uh, any enjoyment really out of watching it, rooting for anyone. Uh, <laughs> I, I might have done during one time, but that doesn't mean I'd like to you know piss on the whole ceremony. I, I mean, if they want to have their night and congratulate each other because it that's really how the Oscars are designed. It's not people's choice awards. You know, that's fine. And uh, people like to gossip about it. That's fine. People like to gossip about it for weeks. So now apparently Angelina Jolie's leg is going to be the talk of the town for weeks. Let them have their fun as long as it doesn't get in the way of what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry for J-Lo's nipples. I mean, they only trended for about a night. <laughs> So, I did the, 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 the one thing I did like is I, I enjoyed the fact that they did go ahead and do the promotional skit with uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen eventually because I think that was fun because I don't think him as the dictator, they didn't decide beforehand who he was going to spill the ashes onto. Uh, <laughs> they knew he was going to be there and do that, but I don't <laughs> think he picked, picked his victim. And I, I, I like someone stirring the, stirring, you know, the stern, you know, rigid, Hollywood pot that way, and yeah. and and I did find it funny, you know, yeah. uh, for all the wrong reasons, obviously, but I did. I laughed. Yeah, <laughs> it it was it was interesting to say the least. At least what I saw. I, I haven't watched the Oscars in in years, but I did see the Sasha Baron Cohen clip on the news uh, the next day, and I thought that was uh, you know it was to be. Ex- I think if if you're going to deal with him on any level, you've got to expect stuff like that. So. Yeah, I was disappointed. In, <clears throat> sorry, I was disappointed he didn't pour it over Ryan Seacrest's head. I thought he was going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I guess I guess he's he, he's got one too many lawsuits on his hand, may, hands. Maybe <laughs> I mean Ryan Seacrest is like the most powerful man in Hollywood now, uh, replacing Dick Clark, right? Really? <laughs> but come on, I mean North Korea must be happy. I mean, did not represent the Oscars. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Oscars. I don't know. I, it's all so much pomp and circumstance, and it doesn't seem to really reflect the attitudes of of a lot these days. And I think Ross kind of nailed it when he said that the Academy itself is sort of an aging relic. Um, he, even how even do, even what's her name's Meryl Streep's the, quote uh, was uh, kind of um, hmm? kind of weird. I, I think. What were you saying, Ken? No, pardon me. I'll just uh, we we can discuss that afterwards. I'm I'm curious to, about your feelings about the Hong Kong Film Awards as a comparison piece. If that is any excitement uh, yearly for you, but uh, uh, it's well, not exciting as last year's. I think or the last two years because, I mean, two years ago you had KJ that came up nowhere. This documentary that you know started getting all these award actual awards love as opposed to just you know people talking about the internet. And of course last year you also had Gallants. Um no one expected Gallants to win Best Picture. So there was all that excitement about that. But this year it's it's kind of safe. I mean you have this movie that no one has seen, but um <laughs> that you know that it's very it's gonna do very well. I always joke that it should be the Dini Ip Awards that I don't know why they bother, you know, choosing five actresses when you know they're just gonna give it Dini Ip. Um <laughs> And Dini Yip probably win. You know, Dini Yip is not nominated for anything else, but she'll probably pick up best cinematography and also best lighting and best art direction. <laughs> just because she's Dini Yip. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, because it's so easy to predict. Certain categories are so easy to predict that there is a lot less excitement, oh, uh, on my part at least. Yeah, but there usually are surprises every year to some extent. Like when Simon Yam won, I don't think anyone expected it. He I mean, won was Rainbow. Like, oh. 
I mean, I mean, the guys who were nominated this year have all won before, so there's no more, you know, underdog, <clears throat> or you know. I'm just oh a God. bit disappointed in some. I mean, the fact that they're they're going with Overheard so much instead of um, Life Without Principle, and the, actually, Overheard is a bit bizarre. I really don't understand why that's being nominated for Best Picture in any way, shape, or form. I mean, or in fact, I don't know why all these people love it here in Hong Kong. I mean, that is also very bizarre. Yeah. It's it's not it's just weird. It's it's not like it's a bad movie, but it's just it's just it's just so. Bleh. It's very well liked. <laughs> That's the award it's going to win. It's going to win the award. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it is, yeah, but it's oddly very well liked here. I mean, if you read um, what people say online, and you know, I'm not surprised it was nominated for Best Picture. I'm I'm more surprised at how many how much love it's been getting since August. Actually, I I I think I liked it less than you did, Ross. Yeah, probably. But you know, see, the thing is, I, I'm I'm all for liking a film and realizing it's not best picture material. It's just you know, it's good, but it's it just it does nothing it does nothing exemplary. It's not but even a good example of a of an, of a non ambitious film, if you get my meaning. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, I mean, what 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 do you suggest should take its place then? Wow, that's the thing. Just well, last year was so last year was so crappy. I mean, the thing is, so yeah, you just asked the most. I mean, over her two should not be on there. That's true, but the thing, the thing is, okay, what else is wow. there, right? You've just made it very difficult for me. I don't know. <laughs> Torture this. I have to think about it very seriously. Uh, I'd say uh, for me, it's life without principle. I mean, is is it is on there though? It is on there. Yeah, it's on there. Love principle had nine nominations. I think mean, same amount as over her two. I honestly, I would say don't put Dogo breaking my heart there instead. For God's sakes. Yeah, I, I would have. I would put that. Awusha. Awusha. Actually, yeah, that's right. Peter Chan's like totally overlooked this year. Yeah. And The Lost Bladesman. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not The Lost Bladesman. No, never. Yeah. Um, well, we but... can uh, probably opine about the, 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 the what should be's and what shouldn't be's for forever. I guess we'll, you know, know fairly soon. Um, I, I did want to, because we're, we're running a little bit long here, but I did want to touch on one story. Not really related to cinema, but kind of is. Kind of has me raising eyebrows a little bit. Um, that came out in the South China Morning Post. And maybe, Kevin, you can speak to this a little bit. Um, and that is an ex-party official has been tipped to run TVB. Um, this person named Li Ruigang, uh, who's coming out of a, a Shanghai media group where he was president, uh, which is the mainland's second largest media company, according to Revenue, um, and he was recently the deputy secretary general of the Communist Party, uh, Shanghai Municipal Committee. And so he's going to be taking over uh, the head of CIDP, or not CIDP, uh, TVB, and they're actually creating a new position for him um, as, the, what, what is it called, the uh, senior executive in charge of programming. Um, oh, God. And as I was reading through this article, because, I mean, I knew that uh, TVB used to be under Run Run Shaw, and Shaw Brothers, but uh, it says in January of last year, they sold the entire 26% stake in TVB, and this was bought up by a financial consortium uh, and a U.S. private equity firm. So now you've had that deal go through last year, and this guy's coming in from Shanghai to run things, and he's got ties to the party. I mean, is this the footstep of doom for, you know, Hong Kong media. Um, I mean, TVB has 
it always been, I mean, the last couple of years, people, it, netizens of Hong Kong has um, made fun of TVB by calling it CCTVB. Uh, TVB has business interests in the mainland. Uh, their shows are are simulcast on actually in the Guangdong province, so there is business interest there. Um, the, uh, people have also accused them of, you know, worrying about, um, even though the news, news department is supposed to be independent, there have been word that it has been influenced by the business side of things, uh, where uh, uh, officials have been stepping in and changing their agenda and things like that. But I mean, this is not something that's new because ATV already has, um, after all that share share shuffle, I mean, ATV now has a mainland mainland uh, executive. <clears throat> so there's not a new development here in Hong Kong. Um I it guess, do, is, you, do you think this is going to spill over? Because, I mean, TVB has been doing quite a few film productions of late. You know, we've 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 gotten a couple New Year's movies out from them and, and such gems as, you know, the, the Jade and the Pearl. Um, yes. But, I mean, <laughs> if this is if this is the person who's going to be in control, do you mm-hmm. think that we're going to be seeing a lot more? I, I mean, I guess those films in some ways are China friendly, but will this make the, any film productions even more so? No, I mean the most we have to worry about is more like in the news department, um, and um, because Shanghai, if I if I my my information is correct, I've been told that the Shanghai side of the Communist Party are the more conservative side. So um, we do have to worry about programming. I'm not sure about the movie side because the movie side I think maybe runs separately with Shaw Brothers. Um, they just take essentially what's popular. And turn them into film properties. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a very simple principle to go on. Um, so I don't think we're to worry about them being China friendly because seventy two tenants of prosperity was their most obvious China friendly movie because of the you know the whole savior from mainland uh, angle. But otherwise, um, film wise, I'm not too worried. I am worried about the news department. I am worried about the, the slant. Um, I am worried about programming. But I, if you're asking about the film department, because um, they have a very simple principle. Uh, and that's a that's a principle that's worked for them, at least in the new 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 year movies. Uh, I don't think we're to worry too much on that aspect. Hmm. But um, if we talk about, I mean, I think uh, with new with the new um, free to air network, city telecom network coming, and um, TUB is is facing a lot of competition. Um, I think they will have to start doing more co-productions with the mainland. They have been doing the last couple of years, but I think we should expect more to come. Um, and the fact that um, now a lot of talents have been leaving TVB, um, they are going to have to change the way they handle um, handled uh, their their personalities, their artists, the actors, their talents. Um, and it'll be interesting to see because of all the backlash they've had this last year um, and the whole record company fight they've been they've been uh, <clears throat> they've been fighting the last couple of years as well. And this new exodus of talents, it's gonna be very interesting to see what TVB have to do to to keep itself alive. I mean, we may see actually an influx of mainline talents because of this guy coming here. Hmm. You know what that in, means? In it's Mini Yang on TVB. Yes. Woo-hoo! Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm all for that. More mini Yang. But let's come. I mean, I don't think Shanghai has done anything like, you know, Chengdu has done. Chengdu, um, they essentially turned the professional um, TV network into what they call Red Channel, where they only show patriotic programs. I don't think this guy is going to cause that to happen anytime soon. But um, we may see some changes um, um, from in the next couple of years. It's going to be very interesting to see 
how TUB try to keep their keep their um keep their spot, or are they just gonna have to accept competition? But I don't think TUB is one considering they have taken more than you know 90 percent of the ratings for the last two three decades. It'll be interesting to see whether they they're going to accept defeat or how are they going to keep themselves uh, afloat. Yeah, I, I I can envision Eric Zhang doing you know his typical Sunday evening variety show. And you know, and instead of because uh, usually it's they they they're asking celebrities some kind of questions, and if they get the questions wrong, it's a pie in the face. So now all the questions will be like asking them to quote things from the Chairman Mao's Red Book or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll have to pay attention and and wait and see. Um, well, gentlemen, I think we are kind of pushing the time envelope here. Um, I want to say thanks to both. Uh, Ken and Ross for coming by. Um, let me give them each a little bit of a chance to point listeners in the proper direction to find out um, all the information that they can about what they're working on and where they can go. So, Kenneth, let me start with you. Where should people go to find out what you're doing, what you're working on, how they can, um, you know, get in touch with you or follow along with what you're what you're up to? Well, besides that, everything is published on, so to say. The writing is at SoGoodReviews.com, that mixture we've talked about. And the main reviews of that mixture uh, are, are also video, video reviewed at sleazykvideo.com due to YouTube uh, being a pussies about uh, me hosting uh, non-nudity reviews, but that's another matter. Uh, and we're also on the on podcastonfire.com. That's the Podcast on Fire network. And we're also all over Facebook. Just search Podcast on Fire network. You'll find our page, our discussion group, and our Twitter is at podcast on fire and i have one as well it's at so good reviews my god i i just you know, it's, it's impossible you made it difficult <laughs> <laughs> i can't possibly keep up with you it's like it's like following all the comics with batman in them well uh how about you ross uh it's, for me it's simple you just go to lovehkfilm.com um and on that page you can find twitter uh also facebook if you want to uh, check out stuff that's happening on the site through there. Uh, the, the main thing that we're doing is uh, we'll be doing the top films of the 80s soon, probably within a couple of weeks as soon as I uh, tally everything and, and figure out how to uh, uh, break the news to everybody. But yes, the number one <laughs> film will be um, uh, How to Pick Up Girls. Wong Jing. All right. <laughs> in, in at, at last, Wong yeah. Jing gets his due respect. See the yip. And sorry, yes, no, number one is Infernal Affairs. Even in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it traveled through time. Yeah, but that's it. Uh, just lovehkfilm.com, and we'll be doing stuff all year for the 10th anniversary of the site, but it's all small stuff, just, uh, you know, some maybe another big poll one day for uh, best Hong Kong films ever. I was thinking about doing worst Hong Kong films ever once, but I don't know. Too negative? Could be. I don't know. Could be fun. Yeah, Bad but fun movies, though. You know what huh? I mean? You can really do it like the the, the the best worst, you know. So it's like the the ones that aren't so bad you don't want people to watch them, but the ones that are just kind of bad, but they're so bad they're good. No, you yeah. made it tough. Hong Kong made just Hong Kong made about three times the bad movies than good movies. I mean, I mean the ratio is about three to one. It's gonna be difficult, and and you know people don't go out looking for bad movies. I mean, generally, I mean we do, but and, but the worst part is gonna be when the best worst movies are also on the top. And, and the best affairs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Uh, okay. Well, um, we're not going to cover any comments this week, but I do want to say a quick thank you to uh, Matthew Seidel for stopping by the chat room and participating with the show. Uh, I think that's going to do it, folks. If you would like to be part of the show, of course, you can find us over at iTunes. Um, we'd love for you to drop by and leave us some comments there. Uh, Twitter, you can follow us along at Twitter, the twitter.com slash concast for the show, or twitter.com slash foxlore if you'd like to see what I'm up to. Mr. Ma is twitter.com slash thegoldenrock. Uh, if you'd like to drop us a line on email, you can hit us up gmail at eScreen at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to drop a, a short audio file, a question, or a, a short review in there, we might just play it here on the show. Uh, Kevin, anything you want to leave the audience with? Uh, parting thoughts? You know, you're, you're 100 now. Um, <clears throat> I mean, thank you to everyone who, who has listened to uh, at least 50% of the episodes. Um, I hope you can understand or like what we do, or understand what I say. That's a good start. Um, yeah, and I hope, like I said earlier, I hope there'll be many hundreds more, given, you know, considering, I mean, uh, hoping, depending on Paul's uh, well-being. Ah, yes. <laughs> well-being is important. Um, that, that sounds strangely ominous, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start coughing now. <laughs> watch out for that truck yeah um let me show, throw out a quick thanks too to rob gobbers for our theme uh from schnauzer studios to of course ross for keeping us out and watching films with the movie group if you are in hong kong and you would like to you know see what hong kong cinema is about drop us an email and you can join us for one of the many famous movie nights that we have at the dynasty um, yes we started to get celebrities and we had ian powers yes yeah we it. talked last week you had ian powers join us which, nope. Don't forget, we've also had uh, Sable You. <laughs> <laughs> and we also and Clem- we, we met, uh, we met uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Troublesome Night uh, Lady. Lalan. Yeah, hello, Lalan. So we've had a couple interesting encounters for movie nights. And Clement Chen for half a movie. Yeah. Jade and the Pearl. And he snoozed. Yes. And he was right to do so. Um, so yeah, the uh, th- big thanks to Ross for doing that. Uh, of course, thanks to uh, Kenneth for stopping by and uh, chatting with us and, and spending time with us. And uh, we wish him the best of luck in his future exploits into new reviewing new material and all the things that he does over at Podcast on Fire. Uh, big thanks to Kevin for sticking with me for a hundred episodes. Doesn't seem like that long, but uh, here we are. And of course, thanks to all of you, the listeners, for sticking with us. Next show, episode 101. I'm not sure what we'll be looking at. Maybe Underworld 4. Um, there's a new Barbara Wong movie this week, right? Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. We'll have some, uh, st- some stuff to talk about next week. Back to our regular format. All of that and much more on our next show. Until then, this is East Screen, West Screen. Wishing you good viewing. And we will see you next week. See you next week, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, uh-huh.